Hello, good friend. This is Evangelist Mike McCurry, and I want to thank you for listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast once again. We will be returning to our interview with Pastor Rich Haley Jr. in just a moment, but I'd like to give you some context. First of all, this radio broadcast is a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated based out of Bloomington, Illinois. If you're unfamiliar with our ministry, I'd invite you to visit our web presence, BibleTracksInc.org. That's our website, BibleTracksInc.org, or you could even reach out to me directly at 309-316-7240 if you have more questions about our ministry, 309-316-7240. For context's sake, as far as this interview, we are going to dive in where we left off yesterday, and Pastor Haley is going to explain for us from the Bible how we figure out the mystery that is God's will and answer the question, should our parents determine God's will for us and for their children? Listen in. Thank you so much for being a part. I'll come back with a short word at the conclusion. It's amazing to hear how God can use continually, not just in the Bible, but that Paul and Timothy relationship, even though yours was by blood. But I think it's an inspiration to me as well, hearing how your dad kind of counseled you and worked with you and got you busy about the father's business before you even realized maybe what he was doing. The opportunity, though, the inspiration is for you and for me to replicate that. Because if we're not reproducing, we're going to die. The, the, the human race has survived for many thousands of years because God said, go forth, you know, be fruitful and multiply. But that's not just a physical thing. That's on the spiritual as well. And I think important, you know, to note maybe for your listeners too, a lot of people, uh, when my dad and I have been together and we talk about, you know, being pastors, a lot of people that maybe are not familiar with how the Bible works with this area, they think, oh, you're just a pastor because your dad told you you're going to be a pastor, you know, that this is, you know, the fan, kind of like a family business. They think that, you know, your dad's a pastor, he's got connections, so he kind of gets you in, you know, and, and that in the, in the, uh, in the business world, that, that is somewhat how that works. You know, if your dad is a contractor, you grow up with that experience and being a contractor and that he kind of gets you in or gets you in his business or you start your own business. And that, and that's not a bad thing that that does that in the business world, but in the spiritual world, when it comes to the Bible way, of preaching and pastoring, you don't get in this business because your daddy gets you in. Now there are maybe some that do start that way, but that doesn't last. If you're not God called, it will never last. And that was important, you know, that I always explain to people that this is something not that my dad called me to do. It is what God called me to do. I knew in my heart, God wanted me to be a pastor. And I was thankful for my dad. He never pushed me to do that. He said, son, if God wants you in the ministry full time, I'm excited. Or if God just wants you to be faithful and serve somewhere and work a job and and just sit in the pew and help a pastor, I'm excited for you too. You know, he never said this is what you're going to do with your life. You know, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to do this. This is my, you know, it wasn't my dad's vision for me. It was what I knew God had did in my heart and then I could tell my dad and say, "Hey dad, I know God's called me to preach. I, you know, I surrender to preach. I know what God did in my heart. And then my dad would help me from there and say, then I'm excited for you. This is what you need to start doing. Then if you believe God's called you to do something, you know, so, so important to understand that this is, you know, in the, in the realm of what the Bible teaches, I didn't get into this because my dad told me to, it was what God told me to do. And that's, what's going to keep me doing it because I know God's called me to do it. Not, 
you know, mama said, Hey, you get to do this, you know? So that's right. so important for people. To I appreciate you doubling down on that. And I'll, sh- I'll share a personal anecdote as transparently as I can. I've said so many glowing things about, my, about my parents. And th- this is not a, a, a diversion from that, but there, I had a moment when I was about 17 or 18 years old, I was facing a pretty large spiritual decision. And I've been praying about it, thinking about it, and trying to get the mind of God about it. Because as you said, I knew if I did not make the decision with God, with God's help, and it, it was something that was forced upon me by my authority, whether it be parents, pastor, regardless, then it wouldn't stick. It would be something I would be even resentful towards maybe as we got further on. And so the Lord settled in my heart. I won't get into details, but the Lord settled in my heart exactly what God had for me. And then somebody, uh, a friend of my parents, asked my parents, so why is Micah doing such and such instead of the other? There are two, two main options. And my parents gave all of the logical reasons why this was the direction we went. And to be honest with you, I was kind of privy to the conversation after that person left. I wasn't in no way disrespectful. But after they left, I said, Mom and Dad, hey, I just want to let you know, it, it, honestly, it stirred up just a little bit of irritation in me because I said, Mom, Dad, the final reason is because God wants me to. Yeah. The logic of the situation has nothing to do with it. And I knew that's what God wanted me to do. If he wanted me to go to A, I'd go to A. If he wanted me to go to B, I'd go that way. And so I think it works both ways. Yes. Oftentimes, we kind of just kind of run in circles doing nothing or just sit still doing nothing because we don't have a, a strong spiritual leader that yeah. will uh, tell us what way, which way we should go. But on the other side, when you do have a strong, and if I can say at times, it can be an overbearing spiritual leadership in your life. At some point, you're going to have to get alone with God and you're going to have to make the right decisions because your dad could have wanted you to go in the pasture. And maybe that's not what, what God wanted for you. And thankfully, you followed that. And you've been uh, in the pasture now for how many years? Uh, I've been a pastor. It'll be six years in March. Amen. And, and I also want to preface this next question by saying the numbers are not in any way the final result, the final litmus test of success. But tell us, if you would, how, where the church was when you took it and where it is now, even in the midst of a tumultuous year and on the tail end of a tumultuous year. Uh, tell us where it was and where it is now. Amen. So, well, like you said, I, I like to kind of go back to sure. know, numbers don't mean anything. Uh, if anything, I learned from my dad, he's been a pastor now for 25 plus years. And if anything, I learned from my dad, there's lots of ups and downs uh, in the ministry. It's, it's faithfulness. That's the key. He's been there for all these years and seen God, you know, bring them through a lot of the valleys, uh, more, more valleys than there are mountains, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so uh, you, you think it would even out because for every mountain you think there'd be a valley, but somehow we end up with more valleys than mountains yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, some numbers don't mean anything, but it does. I, I, I do, I do look, I look forward to the day that I can say, you know, I've been there 20 plus years because that's really, you know, faithfulness is the key, but Amen. where the Lord's allowed us to be, when I took the church, there were, uh, about 12 to 15 people, not all of those even members of the church. Uh, the church had kind of gone through a little bit of a split and uh, uh, and just kind of some things that happened from the pastor before me. So what happened before I took the pastorate, I was filling in because the church is about 45 miles from where my dad pastors in Hutchinson. And so I would drive about 45 minutes you know, to an hour to help fill in because brother Houston that's here, the evangelist that's in the church at the time when the church, when the pastor left, he kind of took over to help the church find another pastor, kept the church together. I really believe if it wasn't for brother Houston, the church probably would have ceased to exist because he really mm-hmm. kept people together, uh, keep 
spiritually feeding the people, trying to find somebody and bring in a pastor. So he called my dad and said, hey, do you have anybody uh, that can help fill the pulpit, you know, just till we find a pastor? And so my dad was like, sure, my son, I had just been back from Bible college a year, you know, I ain't even been back that long, you know, so it's amazing God's timing, you know, when, uh, uh, how, how that the Lord works, you know, had I been born, uh, any, any later, uh, this wouldn't have worked out, you know, I mean, it's just amazing how God works everything. And so he was like, sure, my son can fill the pulpit and I'll send him down. So I would, for about three months, I just come down every so often on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, just whenever needed. And I would preach for the people. And so we, developed kind of a relationship with the people here before I ever became a pastor. You just kind of talk with people, love on people, try to be a blessing, you know? And so they would bring in a pastor and he would preach and they would vote on him. And it would just kind of be like, no, that's not the guy. And then I'd come back and preach for a little while. And then they'd bring in somebody else and they'd vote on him. And they're like, no, they don't like, you know, cause there's that relationship you get where, you know, this is who God wants. So I did that for a while. And then finally somebody was like, we really like that young guy that's coming. And they were like, why don't you bring him? And and so Brother Houston called and asked me, and I said, N-O, I do not want to come pastor. I was like, I am not ready for that. You know, I was like, I, I want to, I'm happy where I'm at. I want to stay here. I want to do all that. I was like, no. And so, uh, you know, long story short, he called again, and they asked again. And through, again, my Bible reading, my personal walk with God, and then my pastor, even though he's my dad, uh, and through my pastor, it was like, yeah, this is where God wants you to go. You get, you got to go. In fact, I tell you just kind of how it happened to my dad called Thanks. me because uh, I was reading my Bible when, you know, Joshua took over for Moses. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord kind of started working my heart because I, I told him no. And he was like, you know, how, how old do you have to be before you're ready? And I was like, I don't know. I thought 30, you know, and uh, and God said, well, I said that you're ready. You need to go. And so I was like, OK, so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about that. Uh, Joshua taking over a young man for Moses that had has dead and gone and the people got to be led. Otherwise, they're not going into Canaan. And uh, and the question that really got me was the Lord said, are you going to let a church die because you didn't feel ready? You know, and I was just like, OK, that that hurt me right there. And then my dad calls me and says, son, I'm your dad. I love you. I want to keep you. But as your pastor, you need to pray about going. He goes, because God won't leave me alone about it. So, again, I love that relationship my dad had with me to say I would rather keep you but I can't be selfish. It's God's will, not my will. So I was like, okay, we'll pray about it. And he goes, if they call Monday at nine o'clock, you need to go candidate. I said, okay. I was like, that'll never happen. You know, when does that happen? You know, I was like, nah, that's all right. Yeah, sure. I was like, all right, I'm safe. Monday, that's not going to, you know, put a date on time on it. Like I'm safe. And so I was, you know, praying about it. And so Monday, sure enough, 8.59, nothing. Monday at nine o'clock, Brother Houston called my dad. No joke. At nine o'clock, I was sitting there and, and that's just when, you know, you're like, okay, all right, Lord. Uh, hands up, hands up. Yep. You know? And so, uh, I came and I candidated, I pastored, uh, I preached, uh, I had already preached, you know, probably you know, seven or eight, nine, 10 times before, but I came preached and, uh, they voted hundred percent. So we just stepped out by faith and there was just about, like I said, 12 or 15 people. And so I said, we'll just get in and, and, and be faithful. And the church was, you know, probably two or three months from financially having to close its doors too, because mm. it just, you know, there was, there was so few people coming and just kind of what, where do we go from here? So I just came in and took over and uh, you know, just like went soul winning. Cause that's the lifeblood of the church. That's where you start with and just knock on doors. And uh, I learned a long time ago from my dad that if you want God to meet the needs, go win a soul and let God pay the bills. And so, you know, we, went soul winning, started preaching and just 
I can't explain it, but you know, God meets the needs and, and people started coming. It was neat how, when I first took it as well, we couldn't pay some of the bills and this person that I don't know how they knew the church or, or where they were from. They never came to the church except one time uh, they would send uh, a check every month for what the bills were needed to kind of make up the bills until financially we got to a place where we could pay the bills that check came in every month. Once we kind of got to where the Lord had brought in more people and we could pay our bills with what the tithes and offerings of God people, that check stopped after that point. But What a blessing to hear how God takes care of his people. We will continue this interview with Pastor Haley. You're not going to want to miss what we talk about in the coming days. Thank you so much, though, for being a part of our ministry through this radio broadcast today. I do not take your listenership lightly. It means very much to me, and I want to thank you personally. God bless you. Have a great day for His glory, and make sure to join us tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.